I'm Sam Kunjiman, along with Bidju Daniel and Pastor Tinku Thompson. I hope our listeners all have uh, been doing well. And uh, today on our episode, we have a special guest. I'm going to have Bidju introduce that guest. Well, Sam, uh, he is Joel and he's not a special guest. Pastor Tinku, do you know, do we know like why you insisted Joel to be here with us on the scene? Oh, I definitely know why I insisted. <laughs> so, so the reason, uh, and I think you, we are going to cover the topic of uh, missions today. Okay. And uh, Joel joined with me on two mission trips to foreign countries, and he was with me. And I thought it would be very good to hear some of his perspectives, because he, had, he has that foreign mission experience. So that's the reason why I insisted that he should join our episode today. Awesome. Yes, uh, just to reiterate, listeners, our topic today is questions and missions. Joel, uh, would you like to say something about your experience? Well, my name is Joel. Uh, I guess you guys already know me, but anyone listening, if you didn't know, uh, I have, as pastors, I've been to, I've traveled with them to two countries in Cambodia and Sri Lanka. It was, uh, it was good and bad, so, you know, I, he'll probably tell you about the poor weather conditions or things I'm not acclimated to in Sri Lanka. So, yeah, looking forward to this podcast. So we're going to move on to the questions. Pastor, thanks again for joining us. Um, the first set of questions, first question I had was, what is the meaning of Christian missions? Okay, so Christian missions. Um, there is a... There is p- people do f- look at this from very, very different perspectives. Um, you have, uh, in one side, you have people who only think that, who think that Christian mission has to do everything with evangelism, to another side where people think that mission is all about community, charity, work. Um, I think uh, we should look at from the perspective of what Bible is actually talking about missions. Sure. But primarily, uh, the Christian mission comes out uh, from the Great Commission, which Jesus commanded or gave to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28. And when you read from verse 18 to 20, um, this is what it says. Uh, It says that Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the motivation for Christian missions comes from this commission uh, which Jesus gave uh, his disciples to go to all the nations and make disciples. So the primary goal is, you know, there is a world out there and um, the Bible says that there is no name given under um, the earth, in, in the earth or under the heavens uh, right. by which people can be saved. It is only by the name of Jesus. Jesus. So that is very central to the Christian belief. And the Bible also says that, you know, in, based on the, if you really look at the Bible, it has to be a willing acceptance of Christ. You cannot force anybody, right? So a primary goal is to win people and uh, share the gospel with them, good news with them, evangelism. But that doesn't stop there. Right. Uh, the Christian mission has uh, charity. It has got social development programs. Uh, helping the poor, uh, providing treatment. There are many the community, ma- community yeah. reach. There are many things which people do. Uh, but I would say at the central of everything is to see people know Jesus. Sure. 
Well, my second question was that only what is the ultimate goal of a Christians doing mission? But can you elaborate more on that part? Like uh, when we say like spreading the good news, doing charity, if, if you want to go into more specifics on that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I so when you really look at the Bible and what Jesus has commanded, right? So I, I said already one thing that you have to be you know, sharing the gospel. But Jesus has already uh, or has also asked us to have a lifestyle which reflects the kingdom values, the kingdom of God values, or which reflects the teachings of Jesus. Like the Bible says, you are the light of the world. And, uh, you know, what does that mean? Let others see the good behavior in you, the good attitudes in you, the good character in you. So um, I think um, what I want to say is you need to have an impact in your life uh, the way you are leading your life, it should be impactful. And um, the ultimate goal, as I said, is to win people. But, you know, it doesn't mean that uh, you do that by any means. There is no forceful conversion in this. You know, you, you need to show the love to people. You need to serve people. And, uh, you know, I think it was in one of our earlier episodes where I have said one thing that Jesus, when he was in this world, Jesus actually went down, went to sinner's house and he had uh, supper with them, right? He did not take part in the sinful activities, but right. he was trying to show the love towards them. And also, I, I, if I remember correctly, I also said about how Jesus touched everyone. He was not selective. He was not like, okay, only the people who are followers of me can have the meal, you know, but Jesus came for everyone. So the same attitude should be there in, in, in a Christian missionary or a, somebody who is doing the missions. And in today's society, that's so hard. You know, the way the society is forming, uh, they, everyone has their own cliques, everyone has their own thing, but you're right, we should follow how Jesus, Jesus uh, you know, treated people. Yep, that's very much important. Our next question is, uh, Pastor, how can Christians be better missionaries in their daily life? Okay. Um, so this, this could be misunderstood by some people, uh, this question, how can we better missionaries, right? So normally a lot of people associate missionaries with people who go on a foreign land as, you know, go there, stay there and do those things. But I think um, it, it is talking about how you can be a witness of Jesus on, in our daily life. I would say, first of all, we should have an experience right. um, of what God has done. If, if you don't have an experience, you will not be excited about it. So I, I, will, I will share you one thing. Why a lot of Christians fail to be uh, effective in their daily witnessing is because they have lost the love for the Lord and they have lost that, uh, that, that appreciation of that God. Zeal. The, yes, yeah. That zeal. Yes, what Jesus has done. I will tell you. Uh, let's say you find something which benefited you. Just think for a minute. You find something which benefited you. Let's say you go to a shop and you found something yeah. which is of immense benefit to you. What would you do? You would tell others. You right. Maybe text. You will, you know. There's a deal going on or will, something. You will yeah. post on the Facebook or right. you will let others know, hey, I, I found something, right? Right. By, right. Because you're excited about it and you are thinking about it. So a lot of times uh, Christians uh, can get... Um, you know, very routine in their life because they lost their ex- you know, experience, they, they don't longer have it, then the traditional experience can come in their life. The other thing I want to say is we need to live a life. As I said earlier, 
people should be seeing Christ through our lives. That is very important to be effective. And, uh, you know, uh, one more thing I would just want to say. I heard somebody say this long time ago. A lot of Christians would say, I am willing to die for Christ. Right? right. So they say, if, if I, even if I have to die for Christ, I am willing. So once um, a pastor was telling, okay, if you are, it's good that you are willing to die, but are you ready to live for Christ? Christ is not asking everybody. Jesus is not asking everyone to die for him. Right. There are people who will become martyrs for Christ. There are right. people who will who are called by that, like to be like. But a lot of people, Jesus calls them not to die on day one. But to live. He, to live for Christ in this world. Yeah. And the question is, are we committed for that? And I think to be effective on a daily basis, we have to live for Christ, follow his commandments. So that is very important to be effective. And you also have to use all the opportunities which God gives and uh, others around you should be knowing about your faith. You are a Christian, and you believe in Jesus. And uh, that, 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 that can only happen if you really have Christ in you. Right. You know, you cannot be uh, wearing a blue shirt and, pe you, know, not, you know, people will all see that you're wearing a blue shirt. And, and that's not a parallel example, but still I would use that. What I mean to say is if Christ... Bible says you have your, you know, if Christ is in you, yep. it will be reflected uh, among your co-workers and the people who see you, and that should be there. Yeah. Well, that's a very true thing. Like, living for Christ is very hard rather than dying, so yeah. thank you for that. Uh, so my next question is, like, why is mission so important in a Christian's life? Why it is important, number one reason, Jesus actually commanded his disciples as we read earlier, go into all the world. And Jesus said, I want to read um, Matthew chapter 5, 11 and 12. Uh, Jesus says um, something like, blessed are when people insult you, persecute you. And after that, you know, and, and you know, I, well, the reason I said that, I, you will know why I said that, you know, in a while. But there is a, I, I want to go back to what I said about being the light, you know, being the salt right. of the earth. And uh, actually, there are many places where Jesus said, people will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven, right? Yep. So if you look at that core primary purpose, it is to win others for Christ. We are talking about eternity, right? So yep. Bible says Jesus came into this world to die, and he died, and he, God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So this is a matter of life and death. Right. So if you have Christ, you will have an eternal life. If you don't have Christ, you will be in eternal condemnation. So our eternity will be lost. So um, the, the primary, it's very important because you are cooperating with God in a mission to rescue a lost world. And, but it all originates from the, the commission, the command which God has given. So it's a, it's a responsibility of every Christian to be engaged in missions. Awesome. Thank you for that, Pastor. Um, what do you mean by, f I know a lot of people, you know, talked about foreign missions. Mm -hmm. what, do, what do you mean by foreign missions? Yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is a good one because um, there are different concepts, local mission versus foreign mission. And some people even talk about neighborhood mission, neighborhood evangelism. So these are, these are not different 
uh, at the core, but um, you know, our approaches are different here. What do you mean by neighborhood evangelism or neighborhood mission is, you know, you reaching out to the community around you. Local mission is, it could be within your city, within your, you know, maybe within your country too in some cases. Right. But foreign missions is uh, normally referring to people who travel to a different country and do a mission. It could be a short term, uh, as short as a couple of days sure. to a week or uh, to a month, or it could be two months. It could be a little bit longer, like six. It could be longer, like two years. It could be longer, like five. And it could be longer, like the entire life. It's based on the call which God has placed upon each person's life. Now, I want to warn one thing here. It's very easy to do foreign missions which are short term, like going to one place for five days and doing something. Everybody doesn't do it. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying it's a little bit easy because you are going there and doing something and coming back. It's a short, fixed commitment. Right. But being a missionary in your local, that is a consistent thing that's difficult, that's not easy, right? Uh, so I, I would say that anyone doing foreign missions should not think that they are better off. Uh, I, I personally think that somebody doing a local mission is better off, that's just my view, um, because uh, short-term foreign missions are like programs which are very much tailored and people go there, do something and come back. But at the same time, I will also add one more thing. Uh, foreign missions where people are called by God for reaching out to a community, to a country, and they give their entire life, that is very difficult and that is way uh, different than a local mission too because local mission, you would definitely have your own comfort zone, right? Yeah. Because you live there, you don't have to go. The other case, people are leaving their comfort zone and they're going into a different country, different place, they learn the language, they live there, uh, they are separated from their family like so far away and they are trying to do all the, uh, you know, all these hardships. So You have that passion. Yeah, yeah. so I, I really want, um, I want really, uh, all my listeners to understand one thing that, you know, spending a couple of thousand dollars and doing a one week mission trip, you should not think that, that if God has called you to do that, do it. I'm not saying no. There. And I'm not saying that you should not do it. But I'm trying to say that should not be used as an excuse to shy away from your responsibility for your neighborhood and for your local missions. Right. That's really true. Uh, we pastor hear a lot about uh, persecutions these days, even in foreign trips. And nowadays we listen more. I mean, when people even go out to neighborhoods, they hear people saying like hey, wrong things and bad things. So even so, why is there a persecution when we say like we are doing a mission and it's for the good and we are just uh, doing good for other charity, but why is there a persecution? Yeah, so first of all, at the core of this is the issue of uh, our fight. You know, Bible says our battle is not against flesh or blood, but it is against principalities. It is against uh, forces of darkness which is against Satan, it's against the devil. Um, so what happens is enemy always opposes the work of God. I know that in history there has been some incidents or in events where uh, there were uh, attempts for forceful conversion uh, to Christianity and stuff like that, but that's not real. If you really want to follow the Bible, this should be a voluntarily somebody accepting Christ. 
So the core issue is the devil works in people and, you know, persecution. Uh, people want to oppose it. That's the reason. And a lot of places, people don't want to change. Um, right. Sometimes uh, Christian message may be challenging, uh, so, may have a social economic impact. Uh, for example, if you go to a land where people make money out of drugs, and you go and preach the gospel and say, don't take drugs, you know, turn away. Let's say young people are coming to Christ and they stop doing it. That impacts the local business. So, and we see examples of that in the Bible too. Right. You know, where local business was impacted and they persecuted uh, Paul and Barnabas, you know. And, yeah. and, and we see Paul, Silas was persecuted. You see incidents like that in the Bible too. So it's the same here too. And then you have to also understand the enemy uh, is not the people in front of you. It's the devil who is working. And, um, and, and in some cases, what happens is people um, are, are, are just opposing because they don't want, uh, you know, their ideologies to be challenged and, and, and things like that. Another thing I want to say is uh, there is no forceful conversion. As I am again and again saying, especially in countries like India and all, it's a big issue now. Um, and there is persecution happening in many countries, you know. Organizations like VOM and Open Doors have put out lists, and there are 11 countries, there is extreme persecution, there are countries which are under watch, there are 60 to 70 countries where Christians are facing problem, there are millions of people who are undergoing persecution, there are pastors in jail, there are concentration camps in countries where uh, you know, Christians are put in places like that. But I would say at the core, uh, when Christians are trying to reach with the love, uh, they oppose it because they feel threatened. And that, you know, this is a foreign, sometimes they think it's a foreign religion. And there are many other reasons attached to that. But I would say primarily it's the enemy who is opposing uh, because they don't want the plan of God to be executed. Gotcha. Uh, thank, thank you, Pastor. And that brings me to my next Next point, I know you talked about opposition. Um, what is some opposition we all face when talking to others about Christ, and how should we handle that? I know in different countries, it's different oppositions, and then locally it will be different. So Yeah, so there will always be oppositions. Um, I, I want to go back to a verse which I was trying to read earlier, and I, now I should read that for sure. Matthew 5, 11 and 12, it says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecute the prophets who are before you. Now, Jesus said, when you look at other portions of the scripture, Jesus said, uh, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. And Jesus has clearly told his disciples that they will be persecuted, but uh, they will be insulted. So in this place, what Jesus was telling is people will insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kind of evil because of me. Because whom? Because of Jesus. Now, how we should handle is we should first of all have an expectation that uh, a Christian life is not a bed of, you know, it's not a... Bed of roses. It's a bed of roses, but thrones are also there. Right. You know, in one way. Yeah. But I was going to say that it's not like a, you know, a bed, like which is a cushy bed where you can be very comfortable type of thing, right? Yeah. Because there, there will be problems. If you don't say anything to others, you will not have problems. But if you are leading a life 
you will have problems. Real Christian life, you will have problems. People will oppose you. Uh, people will mock at you. People will think that you are crazy, especially in a world where a uh, lot of people don't believe in Jesus or God itself, and you know they think atheism. Right. They think that uh, Darwinism is what they believe, and all those things. Uh, when you say about <coughs> faith and sorry about your uh, Christian life, they will actually uh, you know think that you are crazy. So that's going to happen. And in some places, persecutions are physical. In some places, persecutions are more emotional, uh, more verbal. And uh, sometimes it's psychological. You know, people will try um, to, you know, discriminate you. And it, it, it happens all, the, all, all over. But I think uh, Christians should be expecting it because Jesus said uh, if, if they treated the master, Jesus was persecuted, uh, you know, his disciples can also expect that. And we should pray. And uh, to, in order to handle it, we need the grace of God right. so that we don't give up. But rather, we will stand strong. That doesn't mean that you go and uh, try to force anybody to anything. Right. But exactly. you will be very gracefully, you know, still continuing to be a witness of Jesus, even when people oppose you. Sure. Thank you, Pastor. Next, uh, Pastor, I want to know your views about giving financially for missions. You say, like, people go there, spend their entire life. But what if, if one person is willing to? or give finances for missions or help help in, help financially. So what is your view on that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, missions needs money. Um, Christians should help out in the missions. Even the Bible says about uh, churches supporting each other, uh, churches supporting like missionaries like Paul, uh, Macedonian church and other churches. There are many examples in the Bible. So there is not, absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, I, I think that a, a healthy church should not be just focused on local mission. They should be paying, you know, playing the role for the global missions. At the same time, a local church should not be just focused on foreign missions. They should be focusing and putting resources for the local mission too. So there needs to be a balance. Same with believers too, or people too. Uh, some people just think that um, the only place they should give money is India or some other countries. I say that's wrong. Uh, because they should have a commitment towards the local. They should be giving to the church, and they should be doing that. And plus, they should be, you know, as far as God enables, they should be doing uh, outside too. I think as a church, uh, every church should have a budget or not a budget, uh, at least some portion of their income going for uh, missions. Uh, any church which is not giving to the missions, I don't think it is um, uh, right, you know, following the the true mandate. Right. Um, I, I remember. I remember, like you know, I always say and insist that a tithe of the church at least should be going to the missions. Um, so, uh, but nowadays we see there is a lot of focus on buildings, uh, gadgets, and all those other things. Right. A lot of Western churches are um, always focused on improving their own facilities and stuff like that. Right. I think if you're not giving to missions and if you're not helping. Uh, missionaries who are struggling in other countries who are maybe going hungry, their kids are not going. I know of uh, incidents where uh, missionaries are not able to send their kids to the school because they don't have money to pay for the fees. Uh, people are going hungry, uh, all because they are standing there for Lord. And uh, if our focus is on improving our experiences, I think you know we will have we will be held accountable in the end. That doesn't mean that you don't do anything for your local missions. You do, definitely. But it should not be uh, 
for temporary things. I will tell you, when Jesus comes, all the buildings are going to leave here, stay here, right? So we are not going to take anything. Right. But that doesn't mean that you need a crappy place. No, you need a good place. Yeah. Uh, but it should not be like you are spending millions on a building or, you know, you're making, uh, spending so much. Vast amounts of money. Yes, yeah. yes. So that financial accountability and financial stewardship is very important. Um, we should be giving for the missions. Uh, a, a Christian should be very careful where are they giving the money. Uh, you know, if somebody comes and says, uh, they want to do some, some project which is not going to have a kingdom impact or not going to be directly involved in saving people. Um, you know, we should be very careful about that. But at the same time, we should be mindful about people out there who are laboring for Christ. Um, and I think if we, if we can't think like that, it's, you know, something we are missing, the big point we are missing. Okay. And then uh, based off that, you know, what are some experiences? I know this topic is about missions. So what are some of the experiences you've personally had, you know, both locally and internationally yeah, on I will, mission I will, trips? Yeah, absolutely. I will, I would love to talk about that. But I think we have Joel with us, and uh, I, this is the time I think I, I would have him uh, share some of his thoughts about, and I know that in the beginning he said about uh, bad things and good things, about the, and I think it will be good. And if somebody is actually thinking about doing any missions, I think it will be better to hear from him uh, since he has experience. Let's hear from Joel, and then I will s my, uh, share some of my thoughts and my, my own experiences. Okay, Joel, go for it. I'll start off with the good. So, I mean, first one I had was when I was 20, we went to Cambodia. So th that was a very good experience, I guess because we were staying in nicer facilities there, uh, which is probably not always the case wherever you go because I've heard of uh, pastor talking about like North India missions and stuff, taking uh, planes uh, and going to, you know, in crazy situ uh, areas. So that was a good uh, situation. It uh, gives you a new perspective, uh, helps you understand what people go through. Uh, you know, previously talking about giving to mission, it, uh, I, 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 get, I understand how people can be skeptical because there are a lot of scams that go on to, you know, people who use God's name to get what they want, try to fill their pockets. So it's always good to verify before you do anything. And uh, seeing these missions uh, helps you realize what people go through because some people uh, expect nothing and they put their whole effort into, um, you know, preaching about God's word. They, they are not expecting anything in return, so I think it's good to uh, support them because that's why God has given us good jobs and uh, given us a good life here so we can help those people as well. Um, and for, you know, the good things were like, uh, especially one thing I noticed was the, uh, in Cambodia, the kids that were in that area, they were very eager to learn. They were asking a lot of questions. Sometimes I felt ashamed of myself you know, seeing how uh, they were, uh, they were in their beginning stages, so they were eager to learn, eager asking questions that you, normally we don't think about. Um, but uh, for me, that was more, that first trip was more of a, a seeing trip. Trip, you know, I didn't really do much. So in the second trip to Sri Lanka, I got to uh, speak. Um, and uh, I guess there people were an ass uh, or, you know, in, into receptive as it, maybe they were in Cambodia. But 
uh, it was still good to see how people who don't have anything, like some kids, their aspirations were that they would get an auto rickshaw and become a driver for it. You know, that's how far as it goes. So, um, so uh, to uh, it also gives you an understanding of how much God has blessed your life seeing people in these conditions. But uh, you would also want to, you know, uh, help help them out as well as pray for them. Um, then in bad situation was in Sri Lanka was where uh, with heat, uh, with humidity and heat that. If you are go, if you're planning on going, you should be prepared in that sense as well, you know, uh, for like the physical challenges. Because as Pastor said, short term trips are easier. Because I don't think I could have done that long term. So uh, short term trips kind of gives you a short perspective of what daily lives might be like. But if you're doing a long term trip, you'll have to be uh, prepared, not just. Uh, knowing the word of God or knowing what to share, but also physically and mentally to deal with things like weather, food, things like that. So uh, it goes beyond that. That's good because, uh, Joel, thanks for sharing your perspective. And, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, uh, very good to have Joel. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, let me, let me get back to the question, right? So uh, I think Joel gave a perspective about... Um, traveling. Uh, let me share a few things. Um, so when I think about my own life after I got saved, I started off uh, with um, street preaching in India, like not preaching initially, but giving tracts in streets, going to slum areas and things sure. like that, then started preaching from there. And at that time, I saw many people accepting Christ, and there were many experiences. So I come from that background initially. Uh, and I, I, I still think that those were very blessed times where you could, uh, you were sharing about the love of Christ. Uh, and now situations have changed. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I don't think it's as easy as it used to be uh, where I was. Um, but, you know, you, you have that experience. The other thing I would say is, um, you know, apart from, uh, you know, being in India and being here, uh, God gave me the privilege to at least travel to at least six countries and, uh, you know, um, and preach in uh, some of those countries and also see a lot of experiences. I would bring up uh, two experiences which stands out out of all those uh, many experiences. Uh, one experience I remember, still remember like a few years ago um, I, I was in a camp uh, in, in a country uh, which was attended by, um, I think, students from yeah, Vietnam. And um, I, I went there and in that meeting and I saw that, you know, as they started uh, to worship the Lord, they were singing, they removed all the chairs and they moved all the chairs and they were all kneeling down and they were uh, singing songs. It was a very unique scene. Uh, I still remember, and st even when now we sing this song in the church, memories comes back, because that was the first time probably I heard this song, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Uh, that Christ is, you know, that, that song, not the, the old uh, no turning back song. Uh, and after the message, they were singing that aloud. You know, these people uh, really faced persecution, and these uh, young kids, they showed some pictures up about how they were having Bible study and the officials would come and pick them up. And now, uh, worshiping along with the same kids who may go back and they may be arrested or they may be in danger, right. that was uh, an experience. The other experience which, uh, which always is there in my mind is 
an experience I had in Myanmar last year, um, and I think I've shared this in some places, but uh, it, 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 it still is very fresh in my mind is on the last day of our camp or the meeting, after the message, um, there was a prayer and we were praying for kids and uh, pretty much all the kids, uh, about 200, 250 kids were all kneeling down and they were praying and uh, we were walking around and praying for these children. And um, I happened to stop uh, in front of a little girl and m many of these kids were orphans. So I happened to stand and uh, stop and I saw some water lying there and uh, I thought maybe somebody dropped some water. And, but when I closely looked at it, I saw that it was not water. It was the tears which was, uh, you know, flowing and falling on, uh, on, the, on, the, on that place uh, from the girl who was actually crying and, you know, crying to the Lord and praying. So as she was sitting, her tears were falling and it appeared like it's a pool of water. Oh. Um, I, I, I just, uh, I don't know what to say, what I felt, but I, you know, even now when I think about it, I feel like, and it's very difficult for, uh, you know, I, I don't think we will ever match to that level. Yes. But, yeah. you know, what I mean to say is these are very humbling experiences where sometimes you can be very much carried off uh, being in uh, in U.S. and, uh, you know. You can experience that. You, you, you are very there. much in a yeah. comfortable place and you think something like you are good or you are, you know. When, when you spend time with these uh, children and very sincere, you, you tend to question your own sincerity and you, it's a edification time for yourself, even though you are there as a, probably a preacher or somebody right, who went right, from, right. you know, USA, you are there, but still, I have personally felt that I have always come back uh, with a more humbling experience to know that I am I'm nothing, you know, and uh, so, so those, those I, I would say those were some very positive experiences, but at the, also at the same time, you see transformations happening and you know that uh, what you're investing, four or five days you invest, have a long-lasting impact in many cases. One more story I will say. Uh, first time I went to Cambodia, there was a student who, who was, because we were doing a training. Three years ago, next year, second year I went, when I went for the third year, um, we did a, a program in a village, uh, a special program where we were uh, washing the feet of people and giving shoes to people. Sure. And I saw that the youth pastor of the church and he happened to be the student who came uh, three years ago in our training. At wow. that time, he, I didn't, you know, people, nobody thought he would be. Right. But what I'm saying is the one week uh, we spent, he had a lot, lot of questions, which I remember I answered, and along with others. But, uh, you know, going back after like a couple of years and seeing that now some of those kids are doing ministry and all those things, uh, I, I feel like that's worth because you cannot be there doing that Right. But you are empowering, you are equipping others to do that. So there are many benefits of doing that. Yeah, like uh, the thing was also that they're sincere, right, in what they do. Like here often that we feel like sometimes we cry or prayer to show others. Or sometimes right. we don't say thinking that if I show emotions or if I clap too loud, what people are going to think. But uh, what I've noticed people there do is, they're very sincere, so they'll do what they feel at the time. So they, they might don't care dance. what other people think. Yeah, yeah. They, they might start dancing, jumping, and doing that. We won't do that here because we are, I mean, I am guilty of this, but that we are, we are afraid of how others perceive us, how we look to others. Maybe kids might laugh, you know, 
we are thinking of all these things about how we do. So one thing that I noticed in them was they're very sincere in that if they, if they are clapping their hands singing, they want to cry, they'll cry, they want to jump and shout and praise, then they'll do that. Right. They won't try to uh, stop themselves because they're not worried about what others are thinking. And uh, that actually wraps up our episode today. And I uh, hope all the listeners enjoyed today's topic. It was very interesting. And uh, thank you again, Joel, for joining us, too. It was uh, interesting to learn your perspective and your personal experience, you know, doing mission trips across the globe in different countries. So thanks again for that. Yeah, thank you very, uh, very much for having me. That wraps up our podcast for today. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, be sure to listen to uh, more in the future, more to come. Thank you. Thank you.